Are you one of our regular students for Self-Improvement Wednesday? Each week you get to learn something new. Your lesson this week, Australia's fiery volcanic past. Your teacher is Dr Heather Handley, volcanologist and adjunct professor at Monash University. Heather, good afternoon. Good afternoon. We, we think of Australia, don't we, as, as not very volcanic a place, and yet it's got a rich volcanic history. Yeah, that's indeed right. So we, we might not move to the fastest beat, tectonically speed, speaking, but we have a real wealth and a real rich volcanic heritage that stretches back, you know, tens of millions of years. And that's expressed over, over 4,000 kilometres down the east coast of Australia. And some of it's quite recent, as, as recent as 5,000 years ago. Yes, yeah, so the most recent activity that we had or volcanic eruptions occurred in the southeast of the country about 5,000 years ago at Mount Gambia and Mount Shank. Mm. And even to the extent that it's reflected in Aboriginal oral traditions. Yeah, so based on um, the, the stories and the oral traditions that we, we know today, there is very uh, strong um, suggestions that the, they will witness these eruptions. So it's recorded in the place names of places and also in the oral traditions that have been passed on that make reference to uh, clearly to volcanic activity. And we've even found, um, archaeologists have found or, or you know people of the past have found um, Aboriginal uh, tools and artefacts uh, beneath some of the volcanic deposits. So there's absolutely no doubt that people were here, first Australians were here when the volcanoes erupted. And based on the, the time since, if we think that, you know, uh, First Nations people were here since about 50,000, maybe up to at least 65,000 years ago, there's probably at least 13 eruptions that were witnessed um, in that time frame mm. on Australia. I, I feel so ignorant because I thought that volcanoes were always about tectonic plates and we're not particularly on a tectonic plate edge in this country. Yeah, so most of the volcanic activity that we see on the planet does indeed occur where the tectonic plates um, pull apart from each other or collide with one another, like we see around the ring of fire around the Pacific Ocean where these tectonic plates are colliding and pushing against each other. But we can also get volcanoes in the middle of plates like we see in Hawaii. So Hawaii and the volcanic chain there is sat in the middle of a tectonic plate of the Pacific plate. And it's similar in Hawaii, in Australia. So we do think that some of the volcanoes that have been produced in the past in Australia are were in a similar way to what we see in Hawaii. So we call these hotspot volcanoes. And we know this because we see these big volcanoes of the past that get younger towards the south. And that's what we see. We usually see kind of an age progression in the volcanoes. So if you imagine there's a tectonic plate and it's moving. So in the case of Australia, it's moving towards the north. And then underneath the plate, there's a, a stationary hotspot or mantle plume, which is producing magma, molten rock that goes to the surface. As the plate keeps moving over towards the north, the, the hotspot is relatively stationary. So then as it kind of breaks through, makes a volcano, the plate keeps moving north, the hotspot stays where it is. So the volcanoes look like they're getting younger towards the south in Australia. Okay. But it's not the whole story. <laughs> so there are some volcanoes that are completely not related to the activity that are still puzzling us. Yeah. So could any, you, you say this activity ended about 5,000 years ago. How, how come it ends then? And could any of these, could, could this volcanic activity start again in Australia? Absolutely. So we, 
we know, or volcanologists um, suggest that if there's been an eruption in the last 10,000 years, we and we might expect future volta- volcanic activity again. We call that area active. And based on the young ages that we get, both in southeast Australia, so around Mount Gambia, Mount Shank, in the newer volcanics province there, which stretches from Melbourne um, all the way into South Australia at Mount Gambia, and also in Queensland, where we've got volcanoes that are about 7,000. The youngest there has been dated to about 7,000 years in northeast Queensland. So based on that young age, and also the fact that these areas of volcanic eruptions in these areas have been active for millions of years. So for example, the New Volcanics province, which stretches from Melbourne into South Australia, has been active over four and a half, at least four and a half million years. And the last eruption was just 5,000 years ago. So, you know, why is it going to stop just because we haven't had one, you know, in recent time? Doesn't mean that there won't be one again in the future. How good are we at predicting that? It's very challenging in these areas because it's not like, so the volcanoes in these areas are what we call volcanic fields. So it may not be, you know, what you think of as classical volcano where it's like this conical volcano and you know you're just going to watch the top of the volcano. These ones are, it's like an area or a region, a really wide region, peppered with lots of little volcanoes. So the next volcanic eruption is un- unlikely to have happened anywhere it's already been. So we can't watch the ones really that, are, or that have already erupted because they've kind of you know dwindled out. They didn't have enough magma or molten rock to keep them going and they just kind of froze. So it's probably going to come up in a new place. It might be related to where we've had similar past activity, but we just don't know. And so it's very hard at the moment to know exactly where in this large field or this region the next eruption would occur. Would it happen suddenly or would you have warning, maybe a year or two's warning? Yeah, so the research that, that I'm doing is also trying to contribute to understanding what kind of warning times we might get. And I do that by looking at the, the, the histories within the crystals within the rock from past eruptions. And those crystals are a little bit like tree rings. So, you know, when, I, when a tree grows and if you look at the tree rings, you can decipher, you know, what the environment was like. So the temperature, the pressure, the rainfall, uh, sorry, not the pressure, the rainfall. And it's the same with volcanic crystals. So they tell us the whole history of what that crystal was doing when it grew all the way to the surface. And so what the research I'm doing is trying to find out is how fast and how quickly magma or molten rock has moved to the surface in these regions. And by looking at the volcanic rocks and the things they carry, we can suggest at present that it could move from deep in the mantle, magma, molten rock, deep in the mantle uh, from about, you know, 35, at least 35, 40 kilometers down underground to the surface in a matter of hours or days. And so from that perspective, we might not get much warning time before an eruption, you know, if it moves literally from mantle to surface super fast. But we also could get a little bit, so some of the other volcanoes in the, in the new volcanic province are suggesting maybe a bit more like stop and start kind of process to the surface. So really trying to understand these plumbing systems, as you like, of the volcanoes okay. is really important to try and figure out, you know, how fast these magmas might move and what kind of warning time we might get in future. Well, I hope your plumbing research uh, is, works and we, we do get a bit of warning. Well, when we look at it historically, is, is there an obvious, is there a... Um, uh, an Australian Vesuvius is 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 there one volcanic eruption in the history books in the in the geology which seems to be the biggest this uh, this continent has suffered? So the the volcanoes that have been active in like recent times, these ones are kind of more small, you know, kind of fiery pops, I guess, in terms of um, they could just kind of 
uh, be very short-lived and over in a matter of weeks, so not cause um, too much long-term impacts. But one of them, which I think stands out to me, is the most recent one. It's Mount Gambia. So it's not it's not one of the largest eruptions. Some of these big hotspot-type volcanoes have produced very large-scale uh, eruptions compared to these. But this one was really interesting because uh, scientists have worked out that it produced... So if you remember the, the Icelandic volcano Eyjafjallajökull that ground the plains um, across mm-hmm. Europe in 2010, well, this volcano, Mount Gambia, was suggested to have an eruption the same size as that one. So we measure things on a volcano explosivity index, which runs from zero to eight, where zero would be something like an oozing lava from Hawaii that you could walk away from, and eight would be a super volcanic eruption, you know, like Yellowstone or, or one of the large ones we know. And this was a, a, a VEI, so a volcanic explosivity index of four. So it's quite substantial. And so, you know, we do know that if water mixes with uh, magma, so if you imagine you've got this molten rock coming towards the surface and it mixes with some aquifer water, groundwater, shallow water, that can have explosive consequences. And that's why it was in the case of Mount Gambia. So even though it was a little, a, a very small eruption, short-lived, it was a very, it had a lot of might and it was very powerful. And, and, and presumably still leads to the farmland they've got around. I think they grow wine, don't they, at Mount Gambia? It's probably due to, due to the nature of the soils, due to the nature of the volcano. Yeah, so the volcanic soils in Australia are very rich and very good for, for agricultural purposes. Mm. You're the only person other than Mark Colvin who knows how to pronounce the name of that Icelandic volcano. <laughs> it took me a long time. <laughs> we're, very, we're very impressed. Uh, that was a great lesson. Heather, thank you so much. Thank you. There's a Dr. Heather Handley. For lesson Australia's fiery volcanic past, you can listen again online, abc.net.au. Uh, There you'll also find details of how to subscribe to the free Self-Improvement Wednesday podcast. Next week, a lesson from Dr. Brett Summerall, Chief Botanist at the Australian Institute of Botanical Science on the wonderful Waratah. That's Self-Improvement Wednesday next week.